Welcome everyone, Jonathan Trowan here. Welcome to another episode of Shared Humanity. I I'm really excited for this one. Mark Mawinney is here, one of the top coaches in the world. Um, I I've been following him for, I don't even know, it's, it's been a few years now. Um, so, so first, well, welcome Mark. So happy that you're joining me here. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jonathan. So here's the thing about Mark. He's one of the most well-known coaches. He's got a podcast, Natural Born Coaches. He runs his Facebook group, the coaching jungle. Um, and I, I want to get into the building, the building of that, because how you did that fascinates me because when I got in, I think there were like 5,000 people and now you got 20,000. Um, but I want to, I know that you didn't always do this and I love stories of reinvention. And I want to hear how you got to where you are today, how you rebuilt yourself. Um, yeah. So, I mean, my, my reinvention was I went through a really dark period, 2009. I had built up a real estate business for about 10 years through my 20s. And uh, it was hockey stick growth, which is appropriate. I'm in Canada, so we use a hockey analogy. But it was just nuts. Like every year was shooting up. And, you know, I started with a couple agents on my team. And I grew from there and there. And then pretty soon I had 100 and a couple different office spaces. And uh, I thought I could do no wrong. You know, I was um, young and full of, I say, piss and vinegar, like, oh, yeah, the world's my oyster. And then everything came collapsing. And I went through a dark period of a couple of years where I went through not just that, but another business closure. And so after years of everything I touched turned to gold, suddenly nothing was working for me. And that's how I first got exposed to coaching. I had to hire a coach and actually I hired several coaches and I got help from mentors just to get me out of the ditch, you know, and back on track. And so when I was ready to get back into business early 2014, I thought, you know what, I'd really love to do this coaching thing because I've seen what it can do. And uh, that was yeah, almost seven years ago. So you said you hired several coaches. Was it, was it that, well, this guy didn't work. I need someone different. This guy didn't work. I need some, someone different. Or did they all give you something different? They were all good and helped you, but different parts of the puzzle. Uh, well, the, one of the people who was probably the most uh, influential wasn't even a hired coach. It was more a mentor who reached out to me right when the business closure was going on. I was getting killed in the newspapers. I mean, it was, you wouldn't know you're, where you're at. Um, I mean, you've lived in what uh, Boston, you're in Austin, stuff like that. It wouldn't be big news where you're, you've been, you were in LA for years. This wouldn't make D 25 in the newspaper uh, here in the small uh, Atlanta, Canada, you know, if you have a real estate business, the size that mine was, and then all of a sudden it closes. Uh, I was just getting killed, you know? And uh, so I always say I coined the term fake news many years before Trump did. I should have probably, you know, tried to you know, trademark it or something like that. Uh, but, but uh, someone reached out to me uh, who had no clue who he was when this was all going on. And when I'm used to getting like attacked and hate mail and everything else, he said, Hey, I saw your story in the paper. Um, you know, kudos for trying, you know, and uh, like uh, what you accomplished. And he said, I'd love to meet up for coffee and just chat with you. Now I wasn't in exactly socializing mood, you know, and I thought, who's, who's this guy? I don't, and he was an hour away as well. I'm like, I don't want to drive an hour. I'm not feeling 
terribly social, but something told me to go ahead and do it. And I don't drink coffee too, by the way. I hate coffee. <laughs> I'm going to lose my Canadian citizenship. I hate beer and coffee. But I said, I'll go up, I'll have a hot chocolate and uh, we could chat. And uh, he ended up becoming, you know, one of my friends, uh, mentor, but also a friend many years later, we're still, you know, always talking and stuff. Uh, when I did that meeting with him, it really changed my energy around because up till then I thought, ah, the whole world hates me. I got this scarlet letter of a business closure now attached to me. And from talking with him, he had gone through a couple bad closures. Uh, he said, do you know this person, this local entrepreneur, you know, this car dealership, you know, this restaurant, you know, this one, he'd be like, yeah, they went through business closure and bankruptcy. This person went through it. This person went through it. And it all of a sudden shifted. I thought, wow, I'm not alone here. And, and that was the start of the comeback. Now it was a number of years before I could say that I came back, but uh, that was a very big turning point for me. But to answer your question, I hired good coaches and bad coaches. And, but I always say that I learn from every coach that I hire because even the bad coaches, I say, okay, I don't want to do that with my clients, you know? So I learned a lesson from all of them. But that's such an amazing story. So, so this random guy out of the blue just reaches out to you and, and that's the beginning of the transformation. There you have it. He was one of the few people uh, who actually did that. You know, the interesting thing, when you go through a business closure, you learn really quickly who your friends are and who was just on the gravy train for a free ride. And uh, I had a lot of people who I was surprised how quick they fled, <laughs> you know, when the things weren't going good. And that's fine. You know, that's that's life. And not saying, by the way, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I made a lot of mistakes around then, too. So uh, but yeah, he actually reached out to a stranger. He found my contact info, uh, reached out, asked for a meeting and just very genuine, sincere. And I really appreciate uh what he did. So even now when I see businesses closing, which we've been seeing a lot with COVID and with yeah. government and bureaucrats, you know, basically killing businesses. Um, I always feel for those entrepreneurs because I know they're not getting a lot of support and I've actually reached out to entrepreneurs who've closed and just say, Hey, you know, I know it's cliche, but keep your chin up, you know, times will get better. So I wouldn't be chatting with you here today, Jonathan, if I, if that hadn't happened, I would probably be a stressed out, pissed off real estate person in Atlanta, Canada. Um, I, I, and so I'm very happy that happened, not how it happened, but I'm glad that it happened. And so powerful. And I just want everyone watching or listening to, to really, really hear that. Like you can call a stranger and change their life. Cause we're all afraid to do that. We think we, well, you know, yeah. we see something and like, Oh, I would love to reach out to that person, but, but we're afraid to, um, Call a stranger. You might change someone's life. That that's that's really beautiful. So then, so so you got coached, and then you decided to start coaching yourself. Was that was it as simple a transition as that? Well, he, he, probably not. But we don't have a lot of time. There's a lot of <laughs> a lot of um, you know side uh, ventures and journeys and things. Um, it, it, basically, what had happened was I'm unemployable. I I can't work for anyone. If someone if Lots of people can, and kudos to them. I go crazy if someone says to me, you have to work nine to five, you got to do this, got to do that. So I knew that I wanted to be back in business. And I had taken on a sales gig with a telecommunications company here in Canada. Super flexible, work from home. There's just two of us in the whole province that did this position. My manager was hours away in Halifax, never heard from him. So it was super flexible, but I still felt constrained, even though I wasn't, you know, what people would think constrained. Everyone thought, oh my God, that's a dream gig. And I said, I really want to get back into business, but I don't want to be back into real estate. And I also don't want to be confined to my local sandbox. 
I find um, I love this part of the world. Atlanta, Canada is great. You know, there's a lot of good things about it. It can be a little bit small minded at times. It's not terribly entrepreneurial. Uh, it's getting better. But I said, I'd, I don't want to be restricted doing local business. And I said, I want to get online. I want to do business with people in, hey, Austin, Texas, people in California, people across the pond in the UK. And that's where I started my coaching business, slapped up a website, uh, threw a bunch of spaghetti at the wall, and then things eventually started to stick, luckily. And, um, and I'm very grateful that I took that job. So, so, you know, speaking of, this is a good transition to move, moving online because, because you have the, the coaching jungle. And I don't know how many years I joined it, but when I joined it, it was 5,000 people, which I thought was, was a big group. It looked like cool things were happening and I'm a coach. So I joined it and it's now 20,000 people. So, and, and, you know, this is this podcast, this show is called shared humanity. This is all about creating connection. Um, you create a connection with a whole mess of people. A, a jungle of people, I guess we'd right. say. And, and uh, yeah, I just want to dig into that. Like, how, what does it feel like to do it? Was it, was, was it always your intent? Did you want to follow in 20,000 people? Was that your goal or more? Like, did you always want to create a, a following? Yeah, whenever I do something, I tend to just jump in head first. I don't dip my toe in <laughs> and uh the plan with the groups, I always wanted to grow it. Now, I'm not saying size is everything. I don't think you have to have a 20,000, 30,000 person group to be a valuable group. There's great groups out there that have 500 people, and that's, that's fine. Uh, for me, though, I knew there were a lot of coaches out there, and I wanted it to be you know, one of the bigger, or if not the biggest, coaching groups, but also the best. You know, The people are getting value from there, and they're coming in every day. Uh, so what had happened was before I launched a jungle, which was in late 2015, I had a Facebook group for the year previously for guests of my podcast, Natural Born Coaches. So every time someone was on my show, I would then invite them into a Facebook group, build the relationships that way. So I had a couple hundred, 300 and some members inside that Facebook group because it was a daily show for the first year that I was running the podcast. And what was happening was I had a bunch of people uh, other coaches who hadn't been on the show who were requesting to join, even though the title of the group was natural born coaches, past guests, they weren't noticing the past guest part. They just saw coaches. So I had to send this canned response to save time. Hey, thanks for requesting to join, but this is only for people who have been a guest on my show, basically have a nice life. Uh, after that had happened enough times, I thought, you know what? I think there's really demand for a coaching group, you know, here on Facebook because I'm getting so many requests that I'm turning away for the natural born coaches past guest group. What I decided to do was to close down that Facebook group for past guests. So my show, show is still going strong. I mean, we're going to hit episode 700 soon, but I don't have a Facebook group for it. I'm putting all my energy into the coaching jungle, which is open to all coaches or aspiring coaches as well. And I think that was the right move for me. Um, not saying it's for everybody. Some people might want to keep a smaller, tight knit group, but I like it the way it's going. So, what does what does someone have to do to grow a group like that? If someone had whether it's coaching or not, and you know we have the subject, and I want to share this with the world. What does someone have to do to get there? Well. I, I got off to a good start with the jungle because right away we had our first 500 people pretty quick because I already had a following from the podcast or people who were in the other Facebook group. 
So I wasn't starting from scratch. That being said, I still had to talk it up constantly. I find a lot of people start a Facebook group. They'll post about it once or twice, and then that's it. They're like, gee, only two people joined. Well, yeah, you posted Wednesday night at 11.30 p.m. <laughs> once about it. <laughs> yeah, I always say that you have to talk up your group. You have to be like that annoying parent of a newborn baby that keeps talking about their baby. They can't shut up. And you have to keep talking about it and encourage people to join. Like, why should they be in this group? There are a trillion Facebook groups out there and people don't need more groups. Most people are, I don't know about you, Jonathan, uh, but most people are in 200 groups, 300 groups, maybe 75 groups. It's a lot of groups. So why should they take time out of their day to join that group, but then also keep coming back? And that's a mistake I see a lot of group owners making. They think, well, I'll just open up the group. It takes 20 seconds to slap it up and then it's open and people will come in, you know, naturally. And that doesn't happen. I found uh, we hit a tipping point around a thousand members. Once we got over a thousand, Facebook started recommending the coaching jungle to more and more people. Mm. So now I still talk it up though. I don't just coast and say, Oh, that's good. Facebook's talking about it. I'm still talking about it on shows like this and the summits I do in my emails and so on. So you have to continually promote it. Don't get lazy and keep talking it up. That is such a good point. I, and I love that analogy about a baby because I often talk about my business, especially when we first moved to Austin um, six years ago or so, uh, we have a yoga studio here. We opened the yoga studio and then a month later, our, our baby was born. So it was like, boom, brand new life, two, two babies. And we spoke about it as if uh, we have two babies. So that, and, and yeah, we talk about our babies nonstop, but for some reason, People are afraid to talk about their businesses because they think they're they're bragging or or, or you know don't want to share too much. I, I love that analogy. Talk talk yeah. about your business like it's your baby because it is, and you want it to be healthy like you want your baby to be healthy. And, and loosen up and don't take it too serious. So anyone going to the coaching jungle, that's at thatcoachingjungle.com. Shameless plug. Uh, you'll see, yeah, the, the first thing they'll see is a big banner with a cartoon Tarzan Mark swinging across. That's the easiest way to get six pack abs. I don't have to go to the gym or anything. They just Photoshop my head onto a Tarzan body and there's my six pack. Uh, but right away, that's something that's different because how many coaches are uptight and stuffy and they say, oh, gee, I can't do that. That's not really professional. And um, it, it just they think that they that they should stay away from it. Uh, if you're doing a group, you have to have some fun with it, make it different than the other groups that are out there. The banner, the other lesson that comes from it is don't be afraid to say, hey, this is my group. I see so many Facebook groups when I go in and take a look. They don't have the host's name, picture, or anything on top there. You don't know who's running the group. If you're spending the amount of time to build up a group and give this free community with hopefully valuable for your people, then you should be compensated for it. So you should have your name up there in bright, shining lights so people know whose group it is. That's great advice. And so, yeah, like you said, I, I, I'm a part of way too many groups, a lot of just because because, you know, someone will ask me and I want to support their their endeavor. I like to be a very supportive yeah. person, um, but most of them have no engagement. I couldn't even tell you most of the groups uh, I'm in, but your group, there is so much engagement in there that and when I say engagement, I'm talking about connection, human people connection. How do, how do you as leader, host, caretaker, of 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 the coaching jungle how do you how do you make sure that's happening how, how do you do that well it's tricky because i get crapped on sometimes because we have certain rules in that group 
to make sure that doesn't become the wild west. So for example, people can't promote on the wall, although I do, I tell people when they join, by the way, I promote my own stuff. If you're not cool with it, you should leave. Uh, but they can't just go on and slap their links and stuff on the wall. There's theme days for it. It's very clear on the rules. So myself or my admin team, if we delete something from there, there's that option to check off which rule it broke and it sends them feedback. And I, I just had this a couple of days ago, a guy um, got, um, I don't know, you can edit it out if you want. He got butt hurt because uh, his post got deleted. Uh, he was asking, it wasn't even a really bad spam post. He wanted to barter services. He wanted coaching. He didn't have the money to pay for it, uh, but he wanted to provide services in exchange for coaching, which is totally fine. You know, he's going through a rough time, it sounded like, and that's cool. We deleted it and just gave the feedback. This is why it's deleted. There's a help wanted thread that these have to stay in. Uh, five minutes later, he posted on the wall um, that I'm apparently, you know, somehow he said, we're not allowed to talk to each other here because the master doesn't want it, you know, and uh, I'm worse than Hitler, <laughs> you know, that sounded <laughs> that way, um, which is fine. I deleted that post, booted him from the group because I just didn't want that energy in there. I'm like, you know, see ya. I then get a private message from him. Uh, apparently I have a shady business because I promote, I sell to my Facebook group and I don't let other people post on the wall. Um, and this is me blowing off steam, but I'm just uh, telling the story that to show this, not all sunshine, lollipops and rainbows with a 20,000 person group, there are some headaches, although there's relatively few for the size of the group that we have, but it's an annoying thing for me when people don't read the rules and they just get in and start, you know, shooting stuff in the wall. And then they get annoyed when it gets taken off uh, with it. So I always encourage discussion. Obviously I want people to connect. I, and I want people to also get business from there because I can't work with 20,000 people. 20,000 people, I'm not their cup of tea. I don't have what they need or I don't want to work with them. So I want people to get business from there, but it's gotta be the right way. You can't just go in and spam the wall and then you know hope that that works. So it's a bit of a balancing act. You want to encourage discussion, all that stuff, but you do have to have a bit of an iron grip when it comes to enforcing the rules, because if not, it can very quickly go south. And I was in a group years ago, there's about 4,000 coaches and it used to be really good. The admins stopped moderating the post or enforcing rules or anything. And it became the home shopping network mm -hmm. uh, just with the amount of junk that was on the wall. Some stuff wasn't even selling stuff. It was just garbage things uh, on there. So it could go South really quick. Yeah. I mean, keeping those rules keeps the integrity of what people are saying. And then, then people want to share more because there's real value there. I think that's yeah. powerful. How, let me ask you, did you have to change or did a change take place in you as you grew from this, this really small group um, of a few hundred people and then 1,000 was your breaking point or the turning point and now 20,000? Um, did you have to evolve as a human being to manage this? I hope I'm evolving regardless. <laughs> that's a goal. You know, we just w went through new years not long ago. Of course, that's the time that everyone looks at, okay, what happened the last year? Where am I going to grow? And so on. I honestly don't think so. I think my business has remained pretty similar. I mean, there's been some changes since 2014. I was always in growth mindset because when I was in real estate, I was uh, just go, 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 you know, like that's how I started at 21 right out of university and grew to become the top agent in my marketplace because I was extremely aggressive and I have a growth mindset. So uh, just like Carol Dweck talks about in her book mindset, you know, there's um, the fixed mindset, growth mindset or so on. I've always been growth mindset with it. 
So I always saw the group becoming that big and bigger. Like I would, uh, we're aiming for a hundred thousand and beyond, you know, in that group. So people say to me, Oh my God, Mark, your group's so big or whatever. I'm impatient. I'm like, no, no, it should be higher. You know, You're it should be a small group. Well, in my mind it is. You yeah. Know? I'm I, like, you know, if there, if there's ever a woman who's, you know, 115 pounds, but she thinks she's fat. And every time she looks in the mirror, she sees a 300 pound, you know, person. That's what I'm like with that group. I'm like, no, it should be growing faster. We want to keep going uh, with it. So I'm, I'm a little hard on myself. That's why your topic, we were chatting before we hit record here. It's interesting to me because you're all about self-love. And sometimes I'm too hard on myself. I need more uh, probably self-love to go ease up a little bit. So in the holidays, if I took half a day off and around Christmas and didn't work and just read a book and relax, I'm like, oh, come on, Mark, you know, you got to get out there. And uh, who was it? Well, you'd appreciate this as a Celtics fan. Uh, Larry Bird, I think, said that uh, that's what kept him practicing was the thought of some other person somewhere else practicing when he was taking his foot off the gas and that's why he would was so prolific with his uh, practice and everything else that's how i am for right or wrong i'm sure there's positives and negatives there but i'm pretty hard on myself well if you, if you need some self-love help happy happy to talk to you and share with you. <laughs> good stuff yeah but it's interesting you bring up larry bird because he had and he had a daily work ethic. He showed up every day. And that's something that has always fascinated me about you as well. The power of showing up daily, because we, we haven't mentioned this yet, but Mark also has not a newsletter. He's got a daily newsletter. It goes out every single day. So can you share about the, that power of just showing up daily and, and honestly, how you do it? Yeah, I'm fascinated. Well, you're right. Uh, it's such an online, uh, noisy online space that if you don't show up every day, you could get forgotten pretty quick. So I'll tell you a really fast story. There's a coach I spoke to before. She had a banner year, best year ever. She was killing it. She decided to reward herself. This was pre-COVID, by the way. She decided to reward herself January, February, March, once the calendar changed over to the new year. And she's going to rent an Airbnb somewhere warm down south and take three months off, basically, because she thought, well, my business was great. I had such a great year. I need to recharge and I'll come back in April and things will be, you know, still rolling. And basically, she told me she had to build it up pretty much from scratch <laughs> for three months. And I'm not suggesting that you don't take vacations, but there are probably some things she could have done there to schedule some stuff just to stay front and center and on people's minds. But it goes to show that things can change really quickly. You can lose that momentum. Who would think three months that she would be forgotten by her marketplace, but she basically was. I always remember that. That story keeps me up at night if I ever want to take a day off. I'm like, oh God. Uh, for daily emails, I started my first daily email was April of 2016. And I was encouraged to do so by a past guest on my podcast who was really big on daily emails. I said, I'll give it 30 days and see. And I haven't stopped since. So I've now done, I just checked the other day, over 1,700 straight days without missing one, knock on wood. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan of daily emails. Now, your consistent action might not be emails. If somebody's like, oh, I hate writing, maybe it's Facebook Lives or you know, maybe it's YouTube or something else. But you have to pick a couple, at least one place, but a couple good places to be at and then be there constantly just to stay front and center. You know, that's another thing I wanted to ask you because so your Facebook group is small for you. I think it's huge, somewhere in the middle, maybe. Um, 
in terms of splitting energy, do you do you go to the other platforms? Are you on Instagram? Are you on Twitter? Or have you said, because a lot of people get confused, like, well, where, where do I go? There's yeah. so much. Or have you just said, screw everything else and I'm doing this? Or there's Clubhouse. How many invites have you got in the Clubhouse or people talking about it? <laughs> it's going <sighs> right now. If I showed you uh, all these top things, Clubhouse, 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 Clubhouse. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I'm on Clubhouse. Uh, somebody I did a Zoom call with got me on last week or two weeks ago. And but I'm very hesitant to take on a new social media platform. Now I know all these people say, oh, no, no, it's different. But a couple months ago, it was Parler. Oh, you got to be in Parler. And, and there's MeWe there talking about all these others. So my thought is it's okay to try different ones to see what you gel with, because some of them you're not going to like, some you're really going to take to. But um, you can't be doing 177 different things. I have something I call my three pillars and I recommend this for coaches, online entrepreneurs is you pick just a couple ones to focus on three. It was Jim Collins, uh, the author of good to great. He said, if you have more than three priorities, you don't have any. So with three pillars, mine are podcasting. So that's my show. And then also going out on shows like we're doing right now, there's Facebook, but especially the Facebook group. That's an important part of my business. And then there's email marketing, specifically the daily emails like we talked about. If I'm doing podcasting, Facebook group, daily emails, I'm good. Um, your three pillars could be different. Like I mentioned, if you said you hate emails, well, it could be video or it could be something else. The other advantage for having three is if one of them goes away, the dodo bird, you're not stuck. So remember a couple of years ago, Blab? Uh, every there were blab experts people who love blab and everything else or google hangouts i know someone who was an expert on google hangouts rest in peace uh, not him google hangouts he's alive uh if he had all put all his eggs in that one basket like uh, was it andrew carnegie that said put all your eggs in one basket then guard that basket i can't disagree with it. i think it's good to have a couple baskets just in case and that's a powerful idea i mean threes threes work so easily anyway and it's easy to have more than three if you got more yeah. than three things you're doing, pull it back. Yeah, because if you're doing it that way, you're trying to be, don't get me wrong, I'm in other places. I'm on LinkedIn, you know, I've got a good size following there. I'm on Instagram. I'm not really an Instagram guy. Um, who knows? I might do something with Clubhouse, but I'm not, there's no way you can spend five, six hours on each of those. There's not enough hours in the day. The fellow who invited me on the clubhouse and got me set up, he's like, oh yeah, I'm spending six, seven hours a day on clubhouse. You know, I just, if I'm doing some work, I'll turn it on, I'll listen or I'll hop on. I'm getting notifications from him constantly. Now he's a great guy. He's a good coach doing very well. He's got a good business. So I don't want to knock him if it's working for him. Great. But I'm, as said, very hesitant to jump onto the flavor of the day and say, oh, okay, I'm going to hop on this platform and suddenly spend my all waking hours on it. If anything, I want to do less social media. Uh, <laughs> one of the other people I've learned a lot from, the guy that got me into daily emails is Ben Saddle. And Ben is a, a brilliant guy when it comes to email marketing and, and copywriting and so on. He actually killed all his social media probably a couple of years ago. He got off all of them, you know, and focused because he was just saying it was just distraction. It was taking him away from his other stuff. His business is on fire. Like if Ben could do it, other people could do it too. So I think there's a need for social media. It can be good for your business, but especially at the dumpster fire of 2020 into 2021, it can be such a distraction. I think for the, a lot of these coaches take half the time you're spending on Facebook or wherever and put it into your business. You'd be a lot better off. Yeah. Well, I'll share the, the greatest piece of advice 
uh, at least off the top of my head, that I've gotten from Mark over the years. Uh, and I don't think I've shared with you that that uh, I got this from you. The Facebook drive-by. Yeah, that's right. A few years ago. And it is because I even got busted on it this morning because I wanted to see, uh, you know, I knew we were talking. So I said, well, how, how big is his group right now? Because, uh, you know, I know it was at 18,000 ounce at 20,000. So I went on just to check that out. But I got hijacked because yeah. all of a sudden someone there, there was a DM and there was this and that. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. I know <laughs> I only got on for one thing. So the Facebook drive by, drive by, if you got something to post, go post it, log off. And yeah, and basically, it's like a drive-by shooting. You, you do what you have to do, then you squeal and get out of the neighborhood. Um, I broke my rule the other night because um, it's tough for me. I love politics. I'm a political science major back in university, and uh, I just really love politics. I said in 2021, I'm going to try to pull back a bit from politics because I'm very opinionated and I don't have a filter with it. Uh, so, of course, there is some stuff going on in Washington, D.C., in your capital with, you know, stuff um, in there. And I posted on it, you know, stupid, Mark. I posted something that I would think would be non-controversial where I said uh, rioting is bad, regardless of which side's rioting, whether it be last year's, you know, riots or uh, this one or whatever. I got attacked by both sides. <laughs> I said, this, this post sums up what's wrong in 2021 because I would think it'd be non-controversial to say, hey, rioting's bad. Apparently that's controversial in 2021, uh, but that wasted two hours at night and a lot of mental energy. And I learned my lesson. I said, yeah, this is stupid. You know, some people are just on there. They want to fight. I'm not going to change their minds regardless. So, And, and that's so interesting to me because uh, I mean, you and I haven't spoken politics that much, but we've had a couple things and, and you and I are on opposite sides of the spectrum. And, but yet there's still connection there. We can see beyond those, those parts of us, we can see the humanity in each other and that the ultimate goals um, are the same. So I, I, I always see you, even though I, I know you have this part of you, it's like, it's okay to divide. I also see the part of you that is just accepting of whoever is around you. Yeah, I mean, some of my best clients have been on the other end of the political spectrum, you know, like, uh, anyone who follows my stuff can tell I'm a conservative guy, you know, probably have a libertarian streak and stuff like that. But I don't say oh, I wouldn't work with anyone, you know, liberal or whatever. Now, if someone's a raging communist, we're probably not going to work well together. Um, but one of my clients it was funny, uh, she's in California, and we get along great. We never talked politics. So one day we're doing a Zoom call. She had a cup of coffee that she happened to just put up and then she sheepishly put it down or whatever. And I got looking at it and it, said, it was a Bernie Sanders mug. And so I teased her about it. I was like, oh, no, no. And she laughed or whatever. And we had a good chat. But some, some of my best clients have been far left um, tree hugging types. And that's great, you know, uh, unless it's somebody that's, you know, that hates anyone making money and tweeting out tax or rich or something like that. I don't think we'd get along really well. But that post I put up, I basically said those people were nuts going into the, you know, um, into the Capitol and should be charged or whatever, because you can't say, OK, well, the stuff going on last summer, that's not cool and stuff and throw the book at them. But they say, oh, OK, well, that was all right. What was happening in Washington because it was our side? I'm like, no, I think there's crazy people on all sides uh, that are nuts. And, you know, it's funny, I'm in Canada and a lot of Canadians get distracted by what's going on in your country. And I've had to say to some ca Canadians, I know like, hey, this isn't our country, even though I know that it affects us or whatever, but let's not spend 24 seven worrying about Trump or worrying about Biden or whatever. Like you got to focus on your business too, because you can eat up a lot of time with things that just aren't going to move the needle. Yeah. 
Although sometimes I'll be honest, I, w- I wish Canada were our country or. <laughs> or I've they- heard that a lot. Um, I'm the, I'm not the snooty Canadian because a, a lot of Canadians share that meme where it says, we feel like we're the upstairs neighbor of the math lab or whatever. <laughs> and they think that our, you know, shit doesn't stink. And I'm like, there's a lot of things I love about your country. You know, a lot of times I feel like I was born in the wrong country. I love the entrepreneurial drive, the spirit. I mean, the capital, I just love a lot of stuff about America. And I've told Americans before, I'm like, you guys are too rough on your country. Yeah. There's stuff going on, but overall, when you compare it to other experiments around the world and stuff, America has done very well and uh, they should be proud of what they've done. You know, and they're, they're still, they can things to improve, but Hey, that's every country. So I'm not a snooty Canadian. We have for our military, a canoe, uh, two muskets and that's it so if there's ever a world war a lot of these snooty canadians are going to come back to you guys like hey you know we're really sorry what we said uh, can you give us a hand here <laughs> we're getting invaded by russia uh, do you want to give us a hand <laughs> but it, it's funny so that comes back to the self-love conversation with this self-love which is very personal but but if you really lo- look at it as a broad subject it also has to do with culture right um because cultures beat themselves up as well so if you yeah. talk about the united states um, it's a culture, but but this entity, right? So you're right. We're beating ourselves up for a lot of problems. Um, and if we had some compassion for all the great that has happened and understanding that there's a lot of imperfections, just like personal imperfections, um, you know, that's a great perspective that you share. We, get, we, have to, we have to embrace it both so that we can change for the better. Yeah. Well, I blame uh, the media. I think um, there's not as much divide as they portray, but they have a vested interest in, in continuing that divide because it gets eyeballs onto their stuff. Uh, so when I talk with people like this, you know, people have different ideas, maybe voting differently. Um, it's a great conversation. You know, it's usually very civilized and there's lots of good ideas. I've had ahas, you know, with people and stuff like that. But if I sat all day watching Fox or watching CNN and doing all this other stuff, I'd just get all riled up. And I would think the other side's Satan and they're evil and they want to destroy, you know, the country and everything else. So I'm hoping that things um, tone down a bit, you know, but I'm not hopeful for that because I, the media I think is horrible in a lot of ways. It's just negative crap. So I always, I reduce my media time too. I do something in the morning. I have, we have tons of metaphors, got drive by shooting stuff. I do a media pub crawl uh, every morning when I meet my bagel, I've got probably 10 news sources I check out. And I do that while I'm eating my bagel and stuff, then I'm out of there. I'm not going to keep going on. So at least I can tell if the world's going to blow up or if there's a zombie apocalypse, but I'm not on there all day checking it out. I just do a really quick scan. I know some people would say, oh, don't do that in the morning because that's not a good way to start your day. Uh, Me, I like kind of just being informed, but then get the heck out of there. Yeah, you get informed and then, and you've shared this before, then get back to business or what, what is it to change you want to create, whether it's in your business, whether you're doing something else. Um, don't let your brain get hijacked. Yeah, exactly. It's tough. Cause um, you know, I think people should speak their honest opinions and if uh, they shouldn't feel like they have to delete it. So if you put something on your Facebook, that's a strong political statement. I hate when I see people trying to pressure someone to delete it. It's like, if you don't like it, just scroll past it. You know, Uh, that's a tip for anyone who doesn't know you're allowed to scroll past an opinion that you don't agree with. You don't have to jump in. Um, I deal with, I say, Pennywise uh, comment, uh, people commenting on my post, you know, Pennywise, the clown from it. Mm -hmm. 
so there's a, a funny meme where it's a sewer scene where he's popping his head trying to convince a kid to go the little boy into the sewer and it basically says uh the facebook friend that only pops up the crap on your post and so i see some people sometimes when i see not his real name joe smith has commented on your post like two seconds after i post it I'm like, oh, here we go. And sure enough, he's crapping on my post. He's that Pennywise uh, commentator that I just, so I've started dropping some people just to save them hassle if I'm triggering them, but also to save me mental space. I don't mind if someone has a different opinion, but the only time that they comment is just to fight with you. Yeah, I don't really have time for that. Yeah. So what change do you want to make in the, in the world? You have these 20,000 followers and you, we're, we're growing it to 100,000. Um, if you could have everyone, you know, boom, they, whatever, whatever you want happens. What, what change are you looking to create? Well, I think a theme that runs through my whole business is around coaches because that's who I service. Um, it's getting coaches comfortable with making money, making a lot of money, but doing good for it. So I find a lot of coaches think that uh, they either have to, I say be coaching barefoot in some village far away, you know, for free. Uh, and if you're not doing that, if you're charging a lot for your service, then suddenly you're one of these greedy, you know, people that are only in it for the money. And I don't think that it's one or the other. I think that you can do very well, but still help a lot of people and you should be compensated well. So that would be the big thing for me is just get coaches comfortable with being compensated really well for what they're doing. But then they also have to give the return for that. It's not like um, there's a lot of, what do they say online, douchepreneurs um, that are just looking to make a quick buck, you know, and they're just selling air or not much. That's not good either. So I would say that's it. Coaches making a lot of money and helping a lot of people while they're doing it. Yeah. The more money you have, the more you can help. You don't have to put it all in the bank. I mean, have a nice savings. But remember, you get to help people with your money. Yeah, exactly. And that great saying is you can't light up the world if you can't pay your light bill. <laughs> exactly. And, and, put, and put your mask on first for the airlines, right? Yeah. Right. We got to take care of ourselves. That's um, right. Yeah. What are you grateful for right now, this moment? Here's a uh, full disclosure, something I've struggled with because everyone said you should be writing down a list of things you're grateful every day. I've done it for a couple of days and then it kind of repeats. And then I say, oh, this is kind of silly. I'm going to not bother with it, which is bad because I think it's important to be grateful. I'm grateful for my health. Um, grateful for my son. You know, he's 12 years old. He's happy, healthy kid. And he's a one. I know a lot of people's kids are struggling with stuff. And um, I'm grateful that we've made it to 2021. You know, hey, we're here world. So it, it's going to be a better year than 2020. Yeah. And, and tip on gratitude, if you want to do it, uh, because I do teach gratitude, it is okay to repeat. You do not have to have something new every day. And that's a good tip because I think I felt like, oh, I got to come up with a hundred different things, right? And pretty soon it's, I'm grateful that my toilet is flushing this morning or something like that. I'm like, oh, am I? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Well, well, it's good to be grateful that your toilet is flushing and that you have running water because no doubt when that toilet breaks, you're going to yes. complain about it. So anything <laughs> you would complain about if it's not working, you can offer gratitude when it is working. And, um, and yeah, it can be different every day. It can be that, that tree outside, the flower growing, um, 
your son every day, have gratitude for that. So, uh, so I find a lot of people get, get bogged down with that. Like, no, what, what's new? Yeah, there, there's a great Twitter account. I'm trying to remember the actual name. It has Human Progress in there. It's like Human Progress Institute or something like that. And they tweet out some great statistics to show how things are actually great now, like much better than they were in the past, which we don't always realize following the news. So we think, oh my God, things are horrible. It's the end of the world. And we're so unlucky to be living this time. No, actually things are great. So it talks about things like life expectancy, um, global uh, poverty rates, although those have been shooting up with COVID, different things, but um, just a whole bunch of stuff. And it's like, wow, actually, we're living in a great time right now, but we don't realize it because we're being hypnotized by all the negative stuff hitting us. So if, if you're doing the news pub crawl in the morning or the afternoon, try to include one news source that has yeah. some of that positive, not, not the, all the hijacking or get hijacked, but get hijacked with at least a little bit of positive. Yeah. Uh, well, man, thank you so, so much. Um, uh, any final words, any last message you want to share with us? A question I didn't ask that, that you want to answer? No, I mean, this was great. Um, I mentioned to you uh, that a book I read recently around self-love is called Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It. And it's Kamel Ravikant and a great short book. And I've actually mentioned it to a few of my clients as well. So there's something to tie it into your whole theme people can check out, but no, you're doing great work. Uh, and uh, I'm glad that you invited me on here. It's been a few years that we've known each other. So. Well, I appreciate you being here. Um, contact info. Where, how do you want people to reach out to you? Yeah. Well, uh, the Facebook group, the coaching jungles at thoughtcoachingjungle.com, and people can check out the podcast, naturalbornCoaches.com. They'll find me there too. Awesome. Well, thank you again. Thank you everybody for watching, for listening. Please remember you are loved.